the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Thank you for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. I want to talk ever so briefly and quickly, if I can, about frothiness. It's something I've talked about recently in the market, that it feels like things are a little bit too pricey. And we're seeing it in the IPOs. It's most obvious in the IPOs to me. You may see it in tech stocks. You may see it in Best Buy going up 100% in one year. And you're like, how did Best Buy go up 100% in one year? That doesn't make any sense. I'll be honest with you, it doesn't make any sense. So I'm with you on that. We'll all find things that we find frothy. We'll find things that are problematic. To me, the IPOs are telling me it's an issue. Now, you may go, that Mitch McConnell, dang it, I wish he'd get a deal done. I wish he'd get a stimulus done. Or you may be going, Democrats are spending too much money. You may find another reason to find frothiness. And you're also, once again, right. There's multiple angles here, in my opinion. How would I play this out? I'm actually happy that we don't have stimulus at this point in time. And I'm actually kind of sad. I know you're saying, make up your mind, Rob. You got to pick one or the other. This is a civil war. I'm happy that today's Friday and my 401k contributions kick in on Fridays. And I'm happy that we're not at all-time highs. We're close to all-time highs, but we're not at all-time highs. I think we'll be at all-time highs at some point soon. And that's where I get the happiness that stimulus isn't done. I'm buying a little bit cheaper today than if the stimulus had been done. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but I welcome the frothiness. But I'm also very concerned for you about the frothiness. Again, I've been talking a lot recently about mistakes that we make. And the one thing I don't want it to do is to ever turn you off. Um, I've studied an enormous amount. I typically read well over a thousand pages a week, big, typically two very big books a week. And one of the ones that I've, I've come to know pretty well is behavioral finance. And I once saw an article on comparing behavioral finance to affairs. When a man cheats on his wife or a man cheats on his girlfriend or something like that, right? I know you're saying, where does this story go? This is going to be good. It kind of is. A lot of times when someone cheats on another person, they do it out of anger. Um, it's their way of, of punishing the person that they, they love, and they're never able to fall back in love with them. Um, not because there was a tryst with another person, but because they don't have the trust with the person that they were in love with anymore. That trust has been broken. They have a tough time getting it back together. The article that I read was very similar about how if you have a bad relationship with an investment, 
you'll never get back to investing. It'll never be the same ever again. I hate losing money. Um, I made a mistake on a company called Cryomedical Sciences back in the 90s. My dad died of cancer, so I was already emotional, right? This is a company that was going to figure out how to um, cut cancers out of the prostate. I know you're saying cut cancers? Yeah, they were gonna freeze it and then cut it out. Super easy kind of concept instead of chemo and radiation. I saw what chemo does. I saw what radiation does. Radiation burns the body. Chemo poisons the body. And not just a little bit, a lot. Um, so I bought a company probably because I was trying to like come to terms with my dad's dying. And the stock went from one buck to two bucks, two bucks to three bucks, three bucks to four bucks, four bucks to zero. And I didn't get out because it went from four to zero faster than it went from one to four. Um, I've never invested in a medical device company that's small and tied towards cancer ever again. I won't even look at them. I now say something that I think is fairly intelligent. I can't tell the difference in biotech companies. You could tell me Moderna has this mRNA approach, and I'm like, huh? You could say, look at, they got Hans Gruber as a scientist. I'm like, Hans Gruber? I can't tell the difference between Hans Gruber, the scientist, and Hans Gruber, the terrorist from Die Hard. They both look the same to me. But they may have a Nobel laureate or Nobel Prize. Like, I don't know. I can't analyze biotech. Once a biotech company has got enough products out there like Amgen or Biogen, once a company gets big enough, you could start to analyze them. But when they're coming up, the only thing they got is the cure for COVID or the only thing they're gonna have is the cure for cancer or the cure for baldness or the cure for erectile dysfunction. It, I, I can't figure it out. And I learned that lesson, I lost money and I never went back to it. And it's, it's because I no longer trust myself. I can't believe that I made a mistake. I can't believe that I cheated on the idea of buying things that I know and I, I bought something I don't know. So be very cautious on IPOs. There's one general rule of thumb on IPOs is everyone's made money but you. So when DoorDash came public or Airbnb was, Airbnb has been around for 10 years, right? They've been private for 10 years and they just come public. Um, the founders own shares at pennies on the dollars, pennies. And they were gifted those. Now they're each worth $10 billion each, three of them. That's a, a pretty nice payday for 10 years of work, right? No doubt. I, I'm stoked for them. But I don't want my money to go to them for their past performance. Because there's a phrase on Wall Street, past performance is not indicative of future results. Right? Do you know that one, right? So you're going to come into funny relationships. And the one that I want you to be very, very cautious on are IPOs. Now, I broke that rule, kind of, sort of. I say, wait six months to buy your first uh, your stock. If you want to buy Airbnb, wait six months after it's come public. If you want to buy DoorDash, wait six months. I'm almost willing to throw down $1 versus your dollar right now that they'll both be lower in six months. The one company that I broke that rule on and it worked out for me was Facebook. 
Facebook came public at 40. Next thing you know, it's at 80. And then maybe a month later, it's at 20. And that's when I got interested in it. It was I didn't wait the full six months, but I waited for it to fall and crash. There's a period of time with public companies where everyone who's made money starts to sell it. Typically, it's 60 days, 90 days, six months, some period of time after the company has been publicly traded for the first time. Where the insiders who have worked 10 years and put in sweat equity and the investors who have put millions of dollars in the company decide they want to take tens of millions of dollars out or 20s of millions of dollars out. Someone wants a boat. Someone wants to go invest in another company. I try to keep my relationships clean and pure, and I try to stay loyal to my ideas. I don't always do it, but it, it's a good practice. And that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm cautioning today. Be careful on IPOs and be careful on Bitcoin. I know they're very seductive, but if you don't understand them, you may end up cheating on what you do best. And it's very, very tough to ever enjoy life again or enjoy that game again or that investment approach again. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I don't know if we ever go back now that we've opened Pandora's box, so to speak. Twitter is cruel. I don't know. There's no other way of saying that, right? Uh, And you can't miss the stories when you're, when you talk financial media, when you talk for a living, you can't miss this stuff. So yesterday, one of Trump's kids said, hey, can we all give a round of applause to the greatest president ever? (laughs) And everyone's like, yeah, it's good to see Biden coming in. And like, Twitter's just cruel. Um, But then again, I don't know. How do we turn it off is a big question because I I can't take it anymore. (laughs) Like it it grates on my nerves. It it like depletes any sort of happiness I have in the day. Oh, let's talk investing. So 2021 versus 2020, this is going to be great years to study. 2019, we felt like, yeah, it was a good economy. Not great, but good. We had some tax cut benefits from the Trump presidency that helped throw gasoline on the stock market and push it to record highs. Then we started saying, well, where do we go now? 2020 won't have tax cuts. 2020 won't have, it won't be the same. And then 2020 got the pandemic. Dun, dun, dun. So 2019, pretty normal year where we felt things were extended. 2020, we're feeling like, well, we're going to get more stimulus. We're going to get more tax cuts, essentially, right? We're going to get free money. The government's going to give us checks. And whether it's to be a PPP loan or whether, you know, it, it's all good as far as cash goes, not as far as how many people die. I'm depressed with the idea that every single day for the next 60 days, we're basically have a 9-11. Or if you would rather go more wartime in, say, Pearl Harbor, we're going to have 3,500 people a day die for 60 days in a row. I know, I know. They're weak and frail. They're old. No one knows who they are. My mom is one of them. So my mom got COVID. But I don't want to go that direction. Um, 
how do we go back that the news cycle is depressing? One thing I can't do is let the news cycle affect how we approach investing as a group, you and me. Um, you're going to learn a lot of 2019 was kind of, we were extended a 10 year bull market coming into 2020. Then the pandemic resets our GDP numbers much lower with a recession. We have to add back jobs as we add back jobs will up our GDP numbers. We're not doing a great job of adding back jobs. I'll be honest with you. I'm a little bit concerned about that, but not until late 2021. And late, I'm gonna say third or fourth quarter. I think the next six months are gonna be some of the easiest times to invest. And I wanna be cautious on how I say that. I wanna temper that and say, we don't really know what's gonna play out. But do you think we're gonna get stimulus from the federal government? Do you think Mitch McConnell will eventually come up with something that he agrees with the president and something he agrees with the Democrats on? I do. But if you watch the news, you're like, there's no way they hate each other. You don't understand, man, they hate each other. I think my favorite argument of 2020 was uh, a family friend. He's kind of uh, braggadocious. He's kind of loud. And he was like, and he's teaching his kids some of the things he was taught as a kid. And he goes, dude, dinosaurs are oil. <laughs> I'm like, no, they're not. Part of it, but not all of it. And he's convinced otherwise. I'm like, so we're pulling out 20 million barrels a day, and that's all previous dinosaurs. He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> public education failed somebody here. Um, but neither here nor there. Um, let's move forward, shall we? Twitter's making it easier to spread messaging. You know, I said, I, I, I wish we could put the genie back in the bottle. I wish we can cl close Pandora's box. Twitter is now going to let your tweets travel across social media, go on, land on Snapchat, and land on Instagram stories. Huh. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it is what it is. Airbnb and DoorDash's IPO, rally signal return of dot-com era greed. I don't like these stories. I wanted them to move 15% higher, not 100% higher. Airbnb spiked 115% when it began trading publicly for the first time. DoorDash closed 86% higher on its debut. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. The first day climbs show euphoria and greed last seen in the market during the dot-com bubble in the late 1990s. It's silly season, whatever you want to say. I don't like it. Um, investors need to differentiate between a great company and a great price or value. And you can't say that it's worth 115% more than it was the day before. And companies are rushing to get IPOs out now because they know that you, the consumer, I'm not going to say you, cause you're my friend. I'm going to say your sister or your brother who lives in Indiana, they're dumb enough to buy what we're selling. The first day rallies while extraordinary, they're, they're, they're baked in with euphoria and greed. It's not a good thing. Massive IPO bounces usually give way to outsized losses. Um, I know people that in the 1990s, when I was first starting in the industry, 
they would throw money at an uh, IPO just because it was an IPO. We were at a point where we were introducing 200 companies to the, the stock market, one after the next, after the next, and they were all going higher because it was an IPO. It could have been an IPO that was tied towards drug trafficking. And we're like, it's an IPO, let's invest in it. It could have been an IPO tied towards giving children bazookas. And we're like, well, it is an IPO after all. There's a tsunami of liquidity right now. People have cash, billions and billions of unallocated investor cash, and people are on buying sprees to get IPOs. Be very cautious. This will end badly. I'll talk a little bit more about this and more as the show continues. Let's take a bit of a breather, unplug, do a little meditation during the commercial break. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome into the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I am human after all. I'm trying to help you create wealth just by showing you what I do and doing it over a 25-year period. I think you've kind of picked up that I'm not going to say I'm more right than wrong. I'm not. But I've learned from my mistakes, and I try not to repeat them. I was talking a little bit about DoorDash and Airbnb. And how this reminds me very much so of the 1990s in the sense that too many companies are coming too public too fast and they, they're, they're not earning money. Both those companies, Airbnb and DoorDash, lost a, for lack of a better phrase, a poop ton of money. And we're rewarding them with insane valuations that they may not be able to grow into. We call it silly season. Take a look at how much DoorDash lost last year, over $500 million. Like Their expenses grew as their revenues grew, for sure. They haven't shown us that they're going to have the ability to back that out. With that said, I'd rather err on the side of caution, because behaviorally, I don't like losing money. And when I do, I became cranky and nasty. Fortnite is a stock that I, not a stock, let me correct that. It's an entertainment system that I, I like talking about because it makes sense to a lot of us who are under the age of 50. A narrative has started to swirl on Fortnite and Roblox. Roblox is coming publicly traded. They're a San Mateo company. They pull in a billion plus dollars a year. They are digital Legos to six-year-old kids. If you look at Roblox, you're like, that's incredibly stupid, but it's made for a six-year-old who can't do complicated video games like Fortnite. But it's a video game, it's a screen, and it's a babysitter for parents. And I like Roblox just as much as I like Fortnite. If I could invest in Fortnite directly, I would. Right now, the only way to do it is through Tencent, who's a part owner of Epic Games. And then you get into the complications of China. So that makes it a little bit more difficult. I do own a video game stock, Activision. 
I'm not going to own it for one day or one month. Don't call me and give me crap if it goes down. I'm going to own it for 10 years. So I broke a rise for ticketing action on any stocks I ever mentioned. Um, so Fortnite recently, it, it's teaching me a lot of lessons. I find ABC, NBC, CBS incredibly boring. I don't know how we ever lived in a world where your favorite TV show, The Dukes of Hazard, would come on Friday nights at 8 on CBS. Just a good old boy. Um, and I had to wait a whole nother week to see another episode. And then a whole nother week to see another episode. And then it was off and it was in reruns. Then I had to wait a whole nother week. So Netflix really figured it out by binge watching. But engagement's kind of the 21st century part of entertainment you really have to understand. Engagement and socializing. Roblox is about kids playing with other kids in a digital world, making theme parks and amusement parks and roller coasters. Um, it, it, it's not about getting a high score. It's socialization. So there was an event in Fortnite, and they've come to call them events, that typically every three months they put a lot of money into creating a little cartoon that shows like the end of the world. Fortnite, for the lack of explaining it for some of you who don't have a concept, and I don't even know if this is correct, it, it's a game where you go and battle against 100 other people in a world and there's cities like tilted towers and sweaty sands. There's little cities inside this world that you can run to miraculously and fight in different locations. Um, and every three months they basically blow up the whole world <laughs> or something like Galactus comes who was a, a Marvel bad guy or uh, alien comes or somebody comes and destroys it and it, it, it the world re gets reborn again. So it seems like it's kind of a matrix thing that we're really all dead or we're all in vegetative states and it's all happening in our brains. I know you're saying that's pretty highbrow, but I don't know if it's true or false, but that's my understanding of it, right? So every 30 day, every uh, 90 days, they have an event where something terrible happens <laughs> to the world. At the last one, it set a record for the number of people watching it. 15.3 million people took part, I wanna say on a Saturday, oh no, it was a Tuesday, Tuesday at one o'clock in the, uh, Pacific time. That's a school day. 15.3 million players watched what happened. 3.4 million people later watched it unfold on YouTube and Twitch. 15.3 million were in the game. 3.4 million weren't in the game, but they were watching the game happen on YouTube TV. It, YouTube, but not TV, but a live stream on YouTube is the best way of saying that, I think. Um, the final episode of Game of Thrones pulled in 13.6 million viewers. So one five-minute cartoon of the world exploding, 15.3 million people watched. Game of Thrones, which took seven or eight years to play out, 13.6 million watched the last episode live. You know that the Super Bowl pulls in 100 million eyeballs in the United States. Fortnite's not that far behind. If they're pulling in 15.3 million every 90 days, eh, well, wait, wait. Hold on, it's a game you play, right? But it's also a game you watch other people play. Fortnite is premier at prioritizing the right aspects of business and monetizing. They're pulling in billions of dollars a year on a video game that's now three or four years old. Disney does this well too. 
Disney's created a world within the real world where you can play fantasy, magic, step through the gates at Disney, and, and you're in heaven. So I think we have to start to view media differently. The ideas of waiting for Friday night, just the good old boys, Dukes of Hazard are over. It's all about socializing. My kids don't give a care about a TV show that's going to be on next week. They want every episode of Baby Yoda now. They binge watch everything. So Baby Yoda is being released in a week by week format. So that kind of breaks what I'm saying. But most of what they're watching is binge watched. Um, so we're free from the time constraints. And that's really, really important in your investment thoughts going forward. I don't really care that Fortnite sells Nerf guns. They sell the little Nerf bolt guns that look like the game, well, game versions. Um, I care that they get 15.3 million eyeballs at, on a Tuesday at one o'clock, which is a crazy time of the day because nothing's going on Tuesday at one o'clock. Netflix, Disney, and others see Fortnite as a threat because they all compete for attention. So ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, they all look at Netflix and Disney and Fortnite as they're stealing an audience from each other. There's only so many hours in a day, right? So I kind of just want you to, like, okay, one more quick idea on this idea. When you go to Disneyland, you really feel like you're in a different world. Yes, you see a lot of fat, obese Americans sweating and smelling and eating unhealthy food. Yes, I get it. And that's, that's the real world, Rob. <laughs> but it's the magical kingdom, right? You get your picture with Mickey. You kind of feel kind of cool. Mickey's always in a good mood. It's a fake world. So last season of Fortnite, they had Marvel superheroes. And my kids weren't running around the house like, look, I'm Spider-Man. They weren't doing that. But it was a nice release into a fake world where they could fly, where they could, you know, shoot webs out of their hands. You got to play Superman. You got to play Spider-Man. You got to play all the characters from the Marvel Superworld universe. I know I just said, too, that we're probably DC comic people, but forgive me, okay? I'm on a roll. Um, okay, so trying to get that engagement is going to be very tough for other people to replicate. Um, when you can't tell the difference is Fortnite a TV show with, the, are we judging it on that or how many units are sold? Well, they don't sell units. It's free, but they sell clothes and styles in the game that aren't free. Oh boy. It's complicated now. So I, I think Fortnite's a great example of one step above YouTube and YouTube's one step above television. And television was one step above radio. The evolution's there. So I can't tell you if Fortnite is a concert venue, a TV show, a video game. It's tough to put it in only one box. They had a Marshmallow event. Who Marshmallow is a DJ. And DJs are now considered musicians. I know when I was growing up, DJs weren't musicians. DJs were people who worked at radio stations and played other people's music. But they had Marshmallow on for like a 20-minute concert a couple years ago, and over 12 million people attended it. 
Now, what if they start charging a buck? One buck for 12 million, that's a pretty good day for Marshmallow. In the real world, you'd have to pay hundreds of dollars to see his concert. But in a virtual world, you're like, I'll pay a buck. There's a band that I like called AGR. And the day after Christmas, they've rented a Broadway house and they're going to live stream into Asia like at three in the morning. So I'm not going to watch that one. They're going to live stream into New York at noon and they're going to live stream. Like what I find interesting about that is they're copying Fortnite. They're doing a virtual concert and it's only $25 versus typically hundreds of dollars. How do you judge these, these platforms? Is it a concert? Is it virtual reality? It's entertainment. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Thank you for listening to the show. We got a call during the break that I chose not to take on air. I wanted to think about it a little bit. Now that I've thought about it, I'm kind of going to talk about it. She wanted to ask about the Bitcoin Gray Trust. And you can go out and buy a mutual fund that basically has Bitcoin. It's probably one of the better ways of buying Bitcoin if you're going to do it. But let me say this really, really quickly. Bitcoin is not for the average person. And you need to take that warning very, very seriously because I see people make mistakes. And when they do, they are making mistakes with money. And I see people get disillusioned with investing. At one point in time, Bitcoin went from $19,000. Well, let's put it this way. It went from zero to $19,000. And then it went from $19,000 to $3,000. That's too much of a swing for most people to process. And you feel like it's rigged. You feel like you're being cheated. You hate the system. You quit investing. So I'm going over a list of what traders see as the top themes for 2021. And one of them is go long Bitcoin because they also say short the dollar. Uh, And those kind of work hand in hand. Bitcoin is the 21st century gold in my mind, for lack of a better terminology. But I don't want you to lose when it comes to investing. If you want to put like 3% of your money in Bitcoin or 2%, that's fine. I don't care. If you lose that, you're not going to feel stressed. You're not going to be hurt. I want most of your money in names like Disney and Nike. And again, you need to consult a broker advisor for taking action on anything I ever throw out there. Because I don't know you, and I'm not going to be there to hold your hand when Disney's CEO says, oh, we've decided to make R-rated movies, and the world freaks out. Disney can't do that. You make children's movies. Yesterday's Investor Day with Disney, let me just tell you this. It was a Lollapalooza of streaming. Disney stock opened up at an all-time high because of what they said about streaming. They didn't talk about theme parks being down 60% in revenue year over year. But there's going to be a new Disney Plus show called Kenobi. It might be a movie and not a a TV show. And I I asked my kid, I was like, so Disney announced a a new show called Kenobi. Do you know what it's going to be about? 
Let's see if he can get it. And he goes, ah, ah, I don't know. And I'm like, dude, you've got teenager stupidity written all over you. Obi-Wan Kenobi? You don't think it's going to be about Obi-Wan? It's, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's going to be a new movie or TV show called The Republic Guards. There's going to be a X-Wing Fire Squadron. There's going to be two new Pixar films. There's going to be two new, like, they went out and they threw down. There's going to be more Marvel superheroes coming our way. But Disney's Investor Day was all about streaming. And uh, how do I, where, where do I go with this? I think I lost my train of thought. Da, 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 let's see. Um, kids, Obi-Wan, streaming, all-time high. Oh, I want you to own companies that you know. When you were a little girl, Susie called. You knew Visa. You knew Visa, right? Now, again, you probably knew GE, and that didn't work out so well for you. But Visa would have. When today, kids, my kids are nonstop on tablets and YouTube. Google's a great idea for my children as an investment. They get it. Um, but then again, there's some antitrust issues there. But go with what you know versus something that is so abstract and strange like Bitcoin. Because when it goes bad, you're not going to have the, the processes to say, oh, I should double down. I would buy Disney every single day of my life for the rest of my life. How's that make you feel? How's that for a crazy, nutty, inappropriate, bold statement? Again, consult a broker advisor taking action. Uh, but that's my idea is people make this much more difficult than they have to. Um, I, I see Apple as a great long-term hold. I see Nike as a great, Nikes were around when I was a kid. I talked about this last week. I used to, my mom and dad used, we were poor and we weren't poor. We were lower middle class. So we, but there were six kids and that'll make the money go away faster, right? So we never had, I had hand-me-downs. And I had cheap sneakers because there wasn't no coming home with $120 Nike Jordans. But the, the Nike shoes were the shoes I wanted. So, and I'm a loyal consumer. Most of us are. Um, I've been a distance runner my whole life. And I've always, Nike shoes keep my heels protected. I've never had injuries on my feet. And because of that, I'll stay with Nike until something goes bad, right? We're the same way with restaurants. I will go to a restaurant every single time. And I like one thing very peculiar. I don't like ketchup, I like barbecue sauce. And I'll request, hey, my burger, can I get ketchup? Can I get barbecue sauce, no ketchup? And it comes out with ketchup. I'm like, why did you do this to me? You're tormenting me, my dollar, my dollar, not your, like. And then we become bitter at a restaurant. We like stop going there but we're pretty loyal until it falls apart. I don't know if that means anything to you, but I don't know if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. I was, I'm a little distraught on the DoorDash IPO. I, I, I see that as kind of a area where people are going to get in trouble. Um, it shouldn't have created that many billionaires and the founders. No, I get Airbnb a little bit more than I get DoorDash. But again, 
you got to go with what you're comfortable with. Comfort is a, probably one of the bigger, most important things in investing, as well as time in the market, not timing the market. I hope this hour made sense to you. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. We'll take a break. Find me online at robblackshow.com.